This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Now, um, I'm going to continue on the same vein that I started on two weeks ago. If you were not here, I'll review just for a minute. But I'm going to talk to you tonight about the heart-mouth connection a little bit more. And you say, well, do you, I just assume you wouldn't teach again on that same subject. Well, I don't really care whether you wanted me to or not. It's, it's, it's the way the Lord was leading me, so I'm going to do that. But let me tell you why. There's a, a law of repetition in learning the Word of God that's very important. It's good for you. Paul said this in one, of, in one of his epistles. He said, you know, I don't mind teaching you the same thing over and over and over again. He said, I don't mind doing that because it's good for you. It'll help you grow. And so the more you look at a subject, the more you study a subject, the, the more it'll get down inside your spirit. There was a fella, he actually founded the Bible school that our pastor attended. He founded Rama Bible School. His name was Kenneth Hagan. He's in heaven, been in heaven for a number of years. But years and years ago, when Art and I lived in Colorado, and I was a stupid 20-year-old that asked dumb questions, he came to our church for a revival. And, uh, and, he, and it was a five-night revival. And every single night, Dr. Hagan preached the exact same sermon. Now, if you get tired of us just... Uh, expanding. This wasn't an expansion. This was the exact same sermon. He took the exact same, it was in Luke. I can even tell you what it was. I heard it so much. It got down in me. It was in Luke. It was the woman with the issue of blood. He taught the exact same message for, and it was the fourth night that I asked him the question. And I had the privilege of, of going to the pastor's house and having snacks with him after church. So the fourth night, stupid 20-something-year-old that I was, I said, Dr. Hagen, why are you preaching the same sermon every night? And I, I'm sure that my pastor wanted to crawl under the table. I mean, <laughs> I can't believe she asked him that. But I know he was curious, too. This is what he told me. He said, Billy, the first night I taught that, the people in the front of the church heard it. The second night I taught that, the people in the middle of the church heard it. The third night I taught that, the people in the back of the church heard it. The fourth night I taught that, the people in the front of the church understood it. Repetition. Now, I don't plan on teaching the exact same lesson. I don't think it would be possible for me to say the exact same thing I said. But this is such an important subject. Because the answers to your prayer depend on your getting the Word of God in your heart and in your mouth. Notice what Mark 11, 20, it actually starts with the last line of verse 22. Notice what it says. Let's look at it one more time. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Some translation says have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. For assuredly, now he's saying if you can develop the God kind of faith, assuredly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, if you have God's kind of faith, you can say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And if you do not doubt, don't doubt in your heart, but you believe that those things you say will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatsoever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you will have them. Now that is, I can't tell you how important those verses are. Those verses are so powerful. Those verses have changed my life. 
Have faith in God. Have the kind of faith that God has. So let's start by talking about God's faith for a minute. Because actually the Bible will show you how God's faith operates. You, we can go back to Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, and it will illustrate for us how God's faith works. And so let's look at those verses in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. It says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, period. And then he talks about, a lot of people say that between the first and second verse, something happened because it was a perfect creation. But I think it also shows us how God's faith works. So look at the next verse. And then the earth was without form, and it was void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. That's not good news. Think about our world. If suddenly there was no moon, there, was no, there were no stars, there was no sun, there was no source of light, it was just dark. Not only that, there, it, was, it was without form and there was nothing growing on it. It was just a big lump out in space. That's really what it was. Now look what happened next. And the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. Then... After God's Spirit hovered over the face of the waters, then God said, let there be light, and there was light, period. Now, you notice at this particular time, God had not yet created the sun. He had not yet created the moon. He had not yet created the stars. Uh, he just said, light be, and light was. Suddenly, God's presence and power came. But that verse gives us some real, if we're going to have God's kind of faith, let's think about God's kind of faith. Here's a, here's a few facts about God's kind of faith. God has a plan. God has an expectation. God has a desire. He wanted to create the heavens and the earth. And, and, if, and it, you know, maybe something did happen to make it without form and void. When we get to heaven, we can ask him. But the second verse says it was without form and void. And darkness was upon the deep. And here's the next key about his faith. And the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means God had an expectation. God had a desire. There was something he wanted, but he thought about it. He hovered over it. He considered it. Now, let me tell you why that's important to you. Don't make snap judgments when you're believing God for something. Take a little time to wait before the Lord and let your spirit man be full of the Word of God. Spend a little time in prayer. Spend a little time looking for some scriptures that go with your desire. So hover over it. Now, once you've hovered over it and you've got something in your spirit, maybe you've got a verse you're standing on in your spirit, then you can do the next thing God did. Once God hovered over it, he had this idea, he had this expectation, he had this desire, he hovered over it, he thought about it, and then he knew what he wanted, and he spoke it into being. He said, light be. A lot of times, we don't know what we want. You know, I heard someone say, and it's true, if you're not expecting anything in particular from God, that's what you're going to get from God, nothing in particular. So you need to be specific. You need to think, what do I need? What do I want? If, if, I, if I am sick, I need specifically to know where I need to be healed. That's why you need to go to the doctor. Because you may not be feeling good, and it's good to pray if you're not feeling good. But if you just keep feeling bad after you've prayed and prayed, it might be a good idea to find out what's wrong with you. So you can find the scriptures that go with whatever's wrong with you, and you can begin to believe and confess the scriptures over your body. Say, so have you ever done that? Oh, 
I do that all the time. The older I get, the more I do it. And let me tell you, it works. It works. And sometimes, sometimes I know that the Lord gets amused. He, I know he gets amused at me. Because I will be believing him for something. Uh, and I had a, a knee. My left knee bothered me and bothered me. It bothered me for maybe two years or so. And I just believed God for that knee. And I would say, Lord, I just, every time it would hurt, I'd say, Lord, I thank you. You're healing that knee. You're strengthening the weak knees. I had scriptures I was speaking over that knee. You know, it occurred to my lightning quick mind not long ago, that knee hasn't hurt and I can't tell you when. He's healed it. But when he heals you, sometimes you don't even realize you've been healed. It's just the pain goes away and you don't think about it anymore. But let me tell you, when the grace of God does something for you, you need to stop and say thank you. And the moment it came to my mind that I'd been healed, I stopped. I said, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I can run up and down the stairs, and it doesn't hurt me. I can, I can walk. I can run. It doesn't hurt me. You say, oh, I have a sore knee. Give me those scriptures. I will. I'll be glad to. Just come and see me. be glad to give you my knee scriptures. <clears throat> but you've got to get the, you need to hover over your need. You need to think about your need. Then you need to find the word, the promise that goes with your need, and you need to get it in your heart and in your mouth. Jesus taught us that, that heart-mouth connection. And he said, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that there's a creative force that's released, the word released through your mouth is a creative force, and it can cause things to happen, the heart-mouth connection. Say heart-mouth connection. It's important all the time, but it's especially important when you pray. It's especially, you know, God's word cannot return void. My needs can, you know, what, just what I want can return void. My constant whining and crying can certainly return void. My murmuring can return void. But the word of God can never return void. And if you just continue to speak the word, it will work for you. It's the heart-mouth connection. And, and I mentioned this last week, but it's, it's been working in our lives since we believed, Romans 10, 9, and 10. And we pray this when we, at the close of the service, when we're praying for people, we pray this verse. In Romans 10, 9, and 10, it says this, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now look, this is real important. For with your heart, you believe unto righteousness. But with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So it's not enough to just believe with your heart. You've got to confess it with your mouth. You've got to say, believe in my heart. Oh, that was horrible. Try that one more time. Believe in my heart and confess with my mouth. Now, that's how you got saved, but that's also how you get your prayers answered. You believe in your heart. You find the word of God. You find the promise of God. You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. You keep believing. You keep confessing until the word of God comes to pass. You say, how long does that take? Sometimes a long time. Sometimes not so long. But sometimes, let me tell you the reason it, it sometimes takes a little while. There's a, there's a scripture, and uh, it's, it's further down in my notes, Carrie, but I'm going to skip to it. And you don't have to put it up. I'll just read it. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says this. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I speak. We also believe and therefore we speak. Sometimes when I start speaking, I don't believe yet. Do you understand what I just said? I have a need. 
I have an expectation. I have a desire. I know about this law. I know, this, I know the law of the heart-mouth connection. I know it works. I know it's in the Word. So I find the promise that goes with my need. And I begin to speak the promise. But sometimes when I begin to speak the promise, I'm not yet convinced that it's going to work. It's sort of like that pastor in the mountain. You know, it just didn't seem like it could. It seemed impossible. But remember what I said last week? The first ingredient for a miracle is a mountain, an impossible situation. So as I begin, the more I speak the word, the more I believe it. Did you know you believe yourself more than anybody else? I could tell you something and you'd kind of believe me maybe. But when you start talking to yourself, you believe yourself more than any, anybody else. Somebody else can say to you, uh, you're just not a very smart person. And you might kind of believe that. But when you say to yourself, I'm just stupid, I am just stupid, I'm just dumb, I'm just stupid. Did you know you believe yourself more than anybody else? So stop saying that. Instead, say, I have the mind of Christ. I do hold and retain his thoughts and intentions. I am bright of mind and bright of spirit. Begin to say what God says about you. I am greatly loved. I, I have been born of the spirit and I have God's life in me. I can do all things through Christ because he gives me his strength. See, get the right thing in your mouth because your mouth is very creative. <clears throat> Mark eleven twenty three. It's a powerful verse. It's a powerful verse. It does, now, let's talk about that don't doubt because that's what happens to me at first sometimes when I start speaking a verse. It's a, I, I'll doubt it a little bit. Uh, maybe if I'm believing God for, <clears throat> well, here's a good example. I live in a house that faith built. I believed God for a house. How many women love your house? We, women love houses. We love, I was in real estate. I sold houses. I love houses. Love pretty houses. And I wanted a really pretty house. And I wanted to live in the woodlands. And for years, every time I passed the woodlands, I would stick out my hand and say, Lord, I thank you. Someday I'm going to live in the woodlands. I'm not talking about a week. I'm not talking about a year. I'm talking about years I did that. And, and I sold houses, and I particularly, one house, my daughter reminded me of this recently. I showed a house, and I love that house. It was a big house, and I love that house. We lived in a small, it was a nice little house, but it was very small. But I showed this big house, and I brought the house plans home, and I spread them out on our couch. And Christy was just a little girl. I don't know where Art was, but I didn't ask him to help me about this because I wasn't sure he'd agree with me. I spread out this plan on my sofa. And I called Christy and I said, Christy, come and kneel here with me and let's agree together that God will give us this house. And so we did. We knelt down and she put her little hand on that house, on that house plan, and we prayed. And I said, thank you, Lord. I rolled that plan up, took it back to the builder. He said, are you going to build a house? I said, no, I don't have the money to build that house now, but I believe in God someday I'm going to have that house. So when we got our lot in the woodlands, and we did get a lot in the woodlands, and that's a whole different testimony. But when we got our lot in the woodlands and the builder and I were talking about what to build on that, uh, on that lot, he began to describe a house. Now, it had been many years since my daughter and I had laid our hands on that, uh, on that blueprint, but I remembered it. I thought, oh, my goodness, I know the house you're describing. 
I know the blueprint. I know the builder. So we went, the builder and I, my builder and I, went to the other builder to ask him for the plans. He said, Billy, I don't have those plans. That was a custom house. I don't have those plans. As soon as that house was finished, I had to give them back. So you know what we did? We knocked on the door of the house. And the lady that came to the door said, I don't have the plans. I'm not the original owner of this house. That's how long it had been. They built it, sold it, sold it again, and resold it. She said, but you can have your architect and your builder walk through and draw the plans, and I live in that house. Now, do you see? It took a while. I prayed over it. God heard me. He take, You know, the Bible says in Malachi that, they all, that the righteous speak often one to another. And actually, one translation says God takes notes. He's listening to your words. And he, he took notes. He took a picture of that plan, and he said, okay, you can have it. And I live in it. See, I know about that, but it took a long time. It didn't take a week. It didn't take a year. It was several years. But we've lived in it for 25 years. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. God did that for me. He gave me a house just because I wanted it. I didn't deserve it, but God did it. See, he gives you things you don't deserve. So don't limit yourself. Don't think God's not going to do something for you just because of this or just because of that. You say, well, I can't afford it. Well, he can give you a better job, and you'll be able to afford it. He can do all sorts of things. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I want you to learn to get the word of God in your mouth. I want you first to get it in your heart. That's why we so encourage you to read the word and get it in your heart. You know, it used to be really hard for me to remember addresses of scriptures. Anybody else have that problem? Oh, a few of you, four of you. From, from a little girl, you know, I was born into a spirit-filled home. My mother didn't read me many, many fairy tales, but she read me Bible stories. I was raised on Bible stories. Then my, my sister and I both went to a Bible school, and we studied the Bible. And so I, there, I could quote scriptures. I, could mem I had memorized a lot of scriptures, but I couldn't tell you their address. But let me encourage you, as you get older, the more you stay in the Word, the more you read the Word, I know their addresses now. It's really easy for me to find scriptures now. And it, it takes time. But when you know that, then when the enemy attacks you, you don't have to run to a concordance to look up a scripture for what you need. When people come up here to, for prayer, I always pray the word over them. And I don't have to say, wait just a minute. Let me find a concordance. Let me get my phone and see if I can find a scripture to pray over you. No, it's in me. It's in me. That's why we encourage you to read your Bible every day. Get it inside you. So when the enemy attacks, when life goes wrong, when something happens and you need a miracle, you can speak to your mountain. You can speak the word of God to your mountain and you can command it to move in Jesus' name. The spirit of faith, the life-giving force of your faith is to speak it. The more you speak it, the more you believe it and it will come to pass. Now, let me give you... Um, a negative example. And you know, that works in healing your money. But there's also a negative example I want to share with you. And it's found in the book of Numbers. Numbers 14. This is, this is really a good negative example. This is what it says. Say to them, this is God talking to Israel. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. Now, now let's just stop there for a minute. And let me give you a little background. These guys were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. God delivered them out of Egypt. He took them through the Red Sea. 
He took them through the wilderness. He brought water out of rocks. He fed them miraculously. He brought them to the borders of the promised land. And all the way there, they murmured. Every time something would go wrong, instead of saying, oh, Lord, you brought us out here. I know you'll supply our needs. They said, you brought us out here to kill us. We're just going to die in the wilderness. And so here they've finally come to the border of the promised land. And they've sent in the spies. And the 12 spies went in. And 10 of them brought back a horrible report. They said, yes, it's beautiful, but there are walled cities there and there are giants there. And there's no way we could ever take that land. We are nothing but slaves. In fact, we look like grasshoppers to them and to ourselves also. But two guys, Joshua and Caleb, they said, do not listen to those guys. God said we could do it. Let's do it. Let's go right now. But the people wouldn't do it. In fact, they even talked about stoning them. And that's when God said this. He said, I've listened to you, and now I'm going to give you exactly what you said. Hey, what is that? God is listening to you, and he's going to give you what you say. Oh, my word. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is listening. You better watch your mouth because you're going to get what you say. So you better watch your mouth. Now, let's go on and let's read the rest of the story. So just as you have spoken in my hearing, I'm going to do to you. The carcasses of you who have been complaining against me shall fall in the wilderness. All of you who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above, you're going to die in the wilderness, except for Caleb and Joshua, the son of Nun. Now, why did they get to, to live? Because they had a good report. They had the right report in their mouth. They got to possess the land. In fact, Caleb was 80 years old when they took the land. And he, he said, hey, I want that mountain. I saw that mountain before. I want that mountain. I'm ready to take it down. He had to wait 40 years. I would have helped some of those people die. I'm telling you, I wouldn't have been gracious at all if I had to wander around the wilderness with that bunch of complaining people. But Joshua and Caleb were faithful. And even around complaining, murmuring people, they continued to speak the word of God and they possessed their promised land. It may take time, but you'll possess it. Now, one other thing I want to say to you about this before I close is that Satan also uses, the, he doesn't use the heart-mind, the heart-mouth connection. He uses the mind-mouth connection. He is constantly planting negative ideas in your mind. He is constantly trying to get you to believe a lie. He is constantly sending fear your way into your mind. And he wants you to speak that fear, that unbelief, that doubt. He wants you to speak that out because he knows the power of that connection when you believe something and you speak it. Don't let him do it. Has he done it to you already? Has he got you involved in it right now? Well, you need to stop it. So let me just really, really quickly give you one, two, three, four, five, six things that will help you get in gear and, and possess God's promise by changing the way you think. And here it goes. Here's the first one. It's important that you spend time every day in the Word of God. Now, I don't mean an hour, two hours, 15 minutes. Turn on 345 while you're getting dressed in the morning and listen to it. And, and get it, begin to get the word in you. Secondly, the word of God will renew your mind to the way God thinks. 
You'll stop thinking like an ordinary human, and you'll start thinking like the God of the universe. Ephesians 4.23 says, we can be renewed in the spirit of our mind, our heart, and our mouth connection. God's word will bring a supernatural cleansing that will cleanse your mind and your emotion. From, it, this is what will cleanse us from the contamination of the world every day. Every day, the world around us contaminates our thinking. The memories of past hurts and experiences, the Word of God can cleanse you from that. The lies that the enemy has tried to get you to believe. So get in the Word. And then learn to say and pray the power of God into your situation. Whatever your situation is, speak the Word of God and pray the Word of God into that situation. Here's the next one. Practice filling your mouth with God possibilities. God possibilities. I don't have to accept this. What's a God possibility? If you're sick, the God possibility is I'm going to get well. If, if you're broke, the God possibility is I'm going to get a good job. God's going to supply my financial needs. If you're going through a relationship problem, the God possibility is God knows how to break down every dividing wall and bring peace. That's Ephesians chapter 2. Read your Bible looking for God's promises. Read your Bible with a marker. Don't just read your phone because it's not good to mark on the screen of your phone. But read your Bible. Read a real Bible with a marker and underline the promises of God. And make a, I had a journal. When I first started doing this, I got a journal where I would write down the promises and where they were found. I broke it down into all kinds of categories. So when I had a problem, I could go to my journal and I could look up the scriptures that would show me how to pray and speak over those situations to move those mountains. That's a really good one to do. And then finally, remind yourself daily that you are building a world in which you will have to live by the words that you are speaking. Let me say that again. You are building a world, every one of you. You're building a world in which you must live through the words that you speak. Proverbs 18:21, death and life are in the power of your tongue, in the power of your tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. My mama used to say, make your words sweet, you may have to eat them. I didn't know that was a scripture when she said that. But that's what Proverbs 18.21 is saying. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for the ability to have your faith. Create your faith in us, Lord. Show us how to get in the Word, grab hold of your Word, and begin to speak your Word rather than the problem. Show us how the power of God can come right out of our mouth and create a miracle because we believe. And if there's one person in this building, Lord, that's not born again, that doesn't know you personally, please don't let them leave until they've received you as Savior and Lord. With your heads bowed, if you're here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'd like to pray with you. Won't call you up here, won't embarrass you, but I'd like to pray with you. Would you slip your hand in the air and I'll pray with you. Never made Jesus the Lord of your life all over the building. Or you may be here and you say, I, I know that I'm born again, but I'm away from the Lord and I need to rededicate my life to the Lord tonight. Anybody like that all over the building? I see your hands. Okay, let's just pray together. We're going to all pray with you. If you pray this from your heart, the Lord is going to do a great work in you tonight. Here we go. Are you ready? Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior and I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you 
as my Lord and my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.